Jenna Ellis in the morning on American Family Radio. Jenna, first, good morning. Great to be with you, the queen of talk radio in America. The left does not want to honor our freedoms, and we have a responsibility to fight back. I love talking about the things of God because of truth and the biblical worldview. Fill that void with a vision that runs so deep that it dilutes the woke agenda. Well, thank you, Jenna. Right from the beginning, I knew you, so it's an honor to be with you. You're doing really well. Proud of you. Former legal counsel to President Trump. Ellis. Well, good morning and happy Monday and welcome to Jenna Ellis in the morning. And I am not in Tupelo like I was last week at our uh, American Family Radio Network headquarters. And it was so great to be there all last week and have share And if you missed that and you missed the, the great banter back and forth that uh, Tim Wildman and I had. Um, in fact, my, my dad loved it. He was texting me every day like, Tim seems like such a, a fun guy. I want to come visit. So um, so we'll have to go back and, and I'll have to uh, come hang out. But if you missed all of that, you can go back and listen at AFR. .net, and you can also still participate in share and supporting this wonderful ministry that has been such a blessing to, I know, each and every one of you, um, and also to me and all of us um, who who participate in uh, this network and getting to talk about truth and the things of God from a biblical worldview perspective and not just um, just politics for sake of politicking, right? So we'll talk about that more uh, coming up in later segments and stick with us definitely through the hour. But I want to get to my first guest who uh, you all know very well, Pedro Gonzalez. He's the politics editor for uh, Chronicles Magazine and also has his own Substack that you should all subscribe to because he's a really great uh, in-depth reporter and is willing to speak the truth on a lot of topics that very few people are uh, right now. So uh, he joins me and Pedro, good morning. And I want to focus this morning on um, this new sort of Pentagon Papers leak because um, it's it's been fascinating to me to kind of watch this and watch the mainstream media's view of this because, um, you know, of course, what happened is that there was a leak of classified Pentagon documents that was posted on social media. And the leaker, who was a 21-year-old airman uh, with the Massachusetts Air National Guard, is uh, was then arrested. He's making his first appearance in federal court in um, in Boston on Friday morning, or he did that, I think, last Friday. And um, and what's so interesting about this is that mainstream media has really been focusing more on the leaker and um, kind of outrage and faux outrage, in my opinion, on that versus actually the substance of these documents, which are showing us really that our government is lying to us. Yeah, that's that's right. Good morning, Joel. Uh, Jenna, excuse me. I'm, I'm also still just waking up, actually. Um, but... <laughs> That's, like probably many of our listeners, right? The um, the the important thing to understand about you know the the leak is that we we don't know the nature necessarily. Um, it's why I haven't referred to the person as a whistleblower because the the official story, at least from him, and obviously this could be untrue, is that is that he didn't intend for the documents to get leaked. It was it was part of like some kind of an online group of people, and he basically suggested I was just showing off, and somehow I got leaked from the group chat. And, I mean, it happens, right? Um, and and <laughs> yeah, not necessarily yeah. he, he was intending to expose anything. But the, the point is, is that regardless, and, and I think that's, that framing is important because, like, the mainstream is trying to use it to make it seem 
like he's even more reckless, you know, and they're pointing out that, oh, in the group chat that he was in, they were sharing politically incorrect jokes. The Guardian was chiefly concerned with the fact that white Christian men with politically incorrect views who are deeply insecure can have access to this kind of information. That was actually, I'm not even exaggerating, that's wow. a story in The Guardian, which which a few, you know, which just years ago, The Guardian was responsible for helping Glenn Greenwald expose the, the global surveillance programs being run by the United States and, and other countries, right? Um, now they're mostly concerned with, you know, with the wrong kind of white man having access to this information. But the point is, is that the, the, the leaks didn't actually reveal anything. We already knew this stuff. We already knew the United States was lying to the American people uh, in terms of to the extent of the government's involvement there. We already knew that the United States government was using Ukraine as a proxy war against Russia. We already kind of figured out that there were probably American soldiers over there, and the, the leaks show that. But again, it was really just a confirmation of all the things we know uh, that, that our government is keeping from us. Um, and so... That's why I think that the the outrage is kind of it's like wait we, we, we already knew this, and if anything the outrage should be that it, we've just confirmed it, right? And right. So see Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy tweeted something like, you know, we're going to have an investigation because Biden fell asleep at the switch and allowed this information to get leaked. It's like hold on, Kevin, you're angry that the information, you know, that again this none of this is a surprise got leaked. You're not angry that we're at war without a congressional authorization that we've got like the, the leaks showed that we have special forces on the ground in operating inside Ukraine. Right. Like well, that, that doesn't bother you. Right. And, and I mean, and, and, you know, Kevin McCarthy, of course, has has worn the, you know, Ukraine flag colors and things like this. And, you know, was was part of um, the, the GOP contingent that has been willing to authorize and reauthorize so much of this funding. Um, to Ukraine, and and as you're you've described, Pedro Gonzalez. I mean, this is really a a proxy war, and we've continued to fund this. So no, none of this is really a surprise. It is just a confirmation. But you know that the Guardian piece just shows, and and I think is such a great. And I haven't seen that piece. I'm going to go <laughs> look it up after the show now. But it it shows exactly what I've seen through the mainstream media this weekend is that there's just odd fixation on uh, like why a 21-year-old airman would even have this high of a security clearance and why he would have access to these types of documents and this was so reckless. And I'm sitting here thinking, okay, but 18-year-olds can actually go and serve and, and give their lives for this country and we're worried about why why a 21-year-old had access to classified materials. I mean, that's not the question here. It seems like it's just such a false tangent <clears throat> And they're not actually focusing on the main problem here, which is that th that Ukraine is losing. And if you have, you know, right. seven soldiers that are dying for everyone, this can't go on much longer. So what on earth are we funding? Right. And I think that's, that actually might be the thing. And I've, I pointed this out on Twitter. That actually might be the thing that um, has made the establishment so angry is the fact that as part of the, the BBC actually did a good write-up and they, they had like kind of like eight takeaways from the leaks. And one of the main takeaways was that the, that the United States views Ukraine's prospects for victory in the long term is very dim. And I think that's, I mean, again, I think the average person kind of suspects that, but that's obviously not the narrative that you're getting from 
um, not just the U.S. mainstream media, but, you know, basically the media in any liberal democracy in the world is all, you know, rooting for Ukraine and, and kind of saying that Russia's collapse is inevitable. Well, according to, like, the intelligence that we have, that that's not the case. Like, the, the, the prospects for Ukraine's victory are, are very dim, but the public can't know that. Because then the public asks the question that you just asked: Why? Wait, why? Why are we spending so much money on a losing war? You're telling me that this is just like Afghanistan all over again? The Af- remember the Afghan papers that it, the the U.S. military and our intelligence knew that that basically the conflict was unwinnable at the same time that it was lying to the public. I mean, and same thing with Vietnam, right? It's it's just a reap. It's the same story all over again. And I actually think that that, that might actually be the reason why uh, this poor guy is is going to get in trouble. It's precisely for that. Like the public cannot know that the United States is funding a war that, for the average person who you know, victory means you beat the enemy. Well, that's not what it means to the United States establishment. That's not what he means to the foreign policy blob. Victory means you get as many kill, uh, get as many people killed as possible to weaken an adversary that you're supposedly not at war with, which is Russia, right? I mean, it's the most ghoulish uh, goal that, by any other standards of of like the objectives of war at any other time, would make sense. Wow, and and I have, um, and I'm talking with Pedro Gonzalez, um, who of course is a is a uh, investigative journalist and has a great Substack, and um, you should all be following him also on social media. Um, and you know, Pedro, I have also um, long suspected and and thought just in the context of everything that I saw, um, you know, working for President Trump in the campaign in. Uh, you know, leading up to, to 2020 and seeing um, how the first impeachment went, which was, of course, over a phone call to Ukraine President Zelensky. Um, I have long yeah. thought that there have been, um, whether we want to call it specifically a quid pro quo or payback or, you know, any of those types of terms, you know, however you would really define it legally, that, um, that there's a lot... Um, going on between Biden and funding, you know, this particular um, person and and whatever his agenda is as well. And so, you know, it's it's fascinating to me that now there's this kind of outrage within some of the Republicans who I think, you know, they they had to have known and been briefed. I mean, Congress isn't ignorant of what's going on. Um, in the Department of Defense, and you have all of these Republicans and a lot of them who were very much um, for the impeachment and removal of President Trump, and certainly the second one, you know, like the Mitch McConnells of the world and others, uh, that that are now just basically blindly signing a blank check to Ukraine. I mean, th- this just none of this makes sense to me. No, it doesn't. And it doesn't make sense to the average person. And and I think that's why I always emphasize that, that the American interest is very different from the interests of the U.S. government. And obviously, the Republicans are one side of that coin. Um, but when it comes to foreign policy, I, I don't think you can see the two things diverge. The interests of the, the real American people and the interests of the, the U.S. government, I, they, they, they diverge completely on foreign policy. They, they've two entirely different goals. The American people just want to be left alone. You know, they, they want peace at home. 
uh, and they they wish people the best abroad. It, it's like uh, John Quincy Adams said: that America is you know, uh, the vindicator of her own and the well wisher of all. She goes abroad to chase monsters. I think that that basically summarizes the view of the average American. But that's obviously not the view of the U.S. government, which creates monsters abroad and then creates pretexts to go hunt them. And and I think when you look at our foreign policy in that light, all of this starts to make sense. And it makes sense why the public finding out that we're funding a losing war by our standards doesn't make sense at all. But again, if the goal is actually just to weaken Russia through a protracted proxy war by throwing bodies at it, you know, breaking as many Russian swords as uh, as possible, then it makes then it makes sense from the perspective of the U.S. government. Although it's really deeply immoral and ghoulish, and I think that's the problem in a nutshell. Hmm. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And 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 when you talk about you know a proxy war for those you know who aren't necessarily. Uh, familiar with that or, or understand that. I mean, it's basically we haven't declared war as a U.S. government, obviously. I mean, Congress has not declared that. We're supposedly not participating in that. There's issues with NATO, all of this. But if we're funding all of this, then basically we're using Ukraine to go and do um, whatever our goals for the U.S. government is, and that's circumventing the U.S. Constitution. I mean, these are all things and reasons why there are a lot of people um, in Congress, or, uh, well, I should say only a few people who actually understand the Constitution, who are um, and are willing to, to fight back for it, who are calling for impeachment of Joe Biden and some of these other people um, in the executive branch for reasons like this, because it is circumventing the Constitution. It's not uh, what the the people have said. And, and Pedro, just closing thoughts here. I mean, this is something that is so wrong because when these papers are now leaked, it's like there's this outrage in the media that somehow, oh no, we the people are actually finding out what our government is doing when we're the ones that are supposedly in control of this country, not just the establishment who do whatever they want outside the law. Yeah, no, it was it was very much like a mask off moment. And, and again, all of these journalists or institutions that supposedly are concerned with truth telling all seem to run cover for the establishment at critical moments like this. Yeah, well, really well said. And Pedro Gonzalez, really appreciate it. And uh, where can people find you on social media? Uh, they can follow my work at Substack at Contra.substack.com. And my social media is there as well. All right. Awesome. Well, we will be right back with more here on Jenna Ellis in the morning. In his image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality is changing hearts and lives. It speaks directly to the power and the grace of God. Gives me hope for people that I know that are struggling. The whole idea of in his image has moved me. We actually had one gentleman contact us and he said that this film changed his mind about this issue. We had a pastor reach out to us and he said that he'd been struggling with hatred in his heart towards people in the LGBTQ community. And this film helped him to realize he needed to have compassion and show people the love of Christ. We also had this same-sex attracted couple contact us and they said after seeing the film, they wanted to live obedient lives for Christ no matter what. And they said, please, 
please pray for us. We know this is going to be hard. We've even had people come to faith in Jesus through In His Image. To find out more, visit inhisimage.movie. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Oregon Governor Tina Kotek. She is the state's 39th governor, as well as a former member of the Oregon House of Representatives. Galatians 6.2 reminds us of the conduct of a good leader. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Right now with this in mind, let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask for guidance for Governor Tina Kotek as she leads the people of Oregon. We ask this in Jesus' glorious name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make the switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. A group of Turning Point USA students was attacked by a transgender activist on the campus of the University of Washington. You can watch the video on my Rumble channel. The activist, a man wearing a dress and black leggings, he stormed over to a table display and hurled vile insults at the conservative kids. The students remained calm and filmed the rant, but they were stunned when the activist flipped over their table and destroyed the display. Campus police did not make any arrest. In recent days, there's been a significant increase in the number of violent attacks committed by transgender people. A woman who identified as a man shot and killed six people, including three kids in Nashville at a Christian school. And a man who identifies as a woman was arrested for plotting attacks on Christian churches and local schools in Colorado Springs. We must remain diligent and cautious, but we must not be silenced, America. I'm Todd Starnes. Welcome back to Jenna Ellis in the Morning on American Family Radio. Welcome back. And, uh, you know, there's always a lot going on in the culture that influences politics. And we as Christians need to be paying attention to the bigger picture as well and analyzing this, of course, through a lens of truth. And how do we respond to a culture that is largely rejecting God outright. And uh, we talked um, about, I guess it would have been two weeks ago, to my good friend James Lindsay about um, all of this ESG and DEI, which is you know, th- this kind of corporate uh, structure that is being forced by the human rights campaign onto these companies that participate and and corporations that participate into getting a score that says whether or not they are diverse, inclusive, and they want to have these perfect scores moving forward. And so this really, to me, shines a light on why, at least from a a general perspective, some of these corporations are doing things that are seemingly hurting 
their brand and have really no other valid purpose then and you might think okay why would a brand care about participating in something that is so controversial instead of just staying out and of course um, the the biggest controversy right now is the Bud Light uh, campaign that hired this um, transgender activist and really just an actor, uh, Dylan Mulvaney, who is not just a man pretending to be a woman, but he's actually pretending to be a girl. And Matt Walsh and also James Lindsay, uh, Matt Walsh from The Daily Wire, point out that this isn't just even about uh, pretending to be a woman. This is a guy who is dressing up and acting every day um, and, and rose to popularity as a social media influencer, pretending to be a little girl and acting really giddy and and this really bizarre caricature of a little girl as a uh, you know twenty something year old actual biological man. So this trans influencer is now getting a lot of attention and Bud Light, which, um, you know, if you're like me, I don't, I don't drink beer and, you know, but, and, and so I can't actually participate in this boycott, which is kind of a bummer. But if you are uh, somebody who, uh, who does drink beer, you now have gr- a great option to not drink um, Bud Light because of uh, this campaign. And, and you know, and, and you you all know that historically, I don't think a, a lot of boycotts necessarily work. But at the same time, if you can make um, and, and choose better options than others um, for especially things that aren't necessities of life, and I would I would categorize beer as one of those, um, then then you can make better choices. So for example, like the Nike brand, I, um, all the way back with Colin Kaepernick and the whole, uh, you know, kneeling during the national anthem controversy and that whole entire thing, um, I decided there are better brands for workout clothes and running shoes uh, that I can buy. And so I haven't bought anything Nike since then. And um, they have also, Nike is another brand that hired this this transgender uh, activist, Dylan Mulvaney, um, to be a spokesmodel for sports bras. I mean, th- this is a guy who is, it- it's an insane, absurd, ridiculous, vulgar video that shows him in yoga pants and a sports bra like going around going ah woohoo and and pretending overly so to be like a little girl so um so i don't i don't buy nike and um i haven't but i won't <laughs> buy uh by bud light but um but bud light starting on april 1st so it was actually funny cuz this was april fools day they had this uh this campaign that showed that you know this ad campaign that showed Dylan Mulvaney as a little girl dressed up in woman face on the can and uh, had this whole partnership and uh, you know he posted this on on his social media and of course there was backlash and you're thinking well what did you really expect right I mean this did they really think that their clientele, and the type of, of people generally that I would assume are their base that are drinking Bud Light, they're definitely going to want to have, you know, a transgender dude looking like a little girl on the face of their beer. And so, I mean, you have to ask the question, why would they do that? And I think the answer 
is because so many of these corporations want to get this uh, this human rights campaign diversity, equity, and inclusion score so much. And that for some reason, and I still haven't answered this question, that the, uh, why is that so valuable? But for some reason, it actually is to these companies. It's so valuable that they're actually willing to spark this type of controversy. And, you know, now here we're, this is April 17th. So it's been, you know, two and a half weeks since this has all gone on. And this has been in the news and they've lost a ton of money for it. And now their parent company, uh, Anheuser-Busch, is now uh, this weekend put out a statement that actually said this. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but this is part of it. Quote, we never intended to be part of a discussion that divides people. We are in the business of bringing people together over a beer. Really? Well, what what did they expect? I mean, did, did they just expect everybody to be totally okay with this? Well, maybe. Maybe they actually expected that this backlash wouldn't happen. Because now what has happened is that, interestingly, um, Donald Trump Jr., who, of course, isn't running for president, but his father is, and... Um, of course, you know, he speaks to the campaign. Um, I'm not sure if this time around he has an actual uh, spokesperson campaign role, but, you know, he's certainly influential in the entire kind of MAGA overall, you know, Trump world community. And he went on his podcast uh, this this weekend and actually suggested that um, conservatives and Republicans should back off of this boycott. And... The NRCC, which is, um, of course, part of the overall uh, GOP, and it's it's one of their main fundraising apparatuses. Um, is it apparatuses or apparati? I don't know. Anyway, uh, they put out and then deleted a direct attack on Bud Light, whose parent company donated nearly $500,000 to its candidates in the most recent campaign cycle. So the GOP is now quietly backing off attacking Bud Light because it is a major donor to the GOP. And this is why this matters, because for our purposes of of our conversation, because it's not just looking at this from a culture war perspective and whether we as Christians should participate in this boycott, but how this actually translates to our politics. And and some of you may know, and, and, and hopefully um, you are aware, I mean, I'm no longer a registered Republican. And I left the Republican Party um, a few months into 2021 after I saw the absolute degeneracy and corruption that is the Republican Party nationally in my work with President Trump and the campaign, that I really believe that this is just a uniparty. And the GOP is not, as an entire umbrella, is not representing conservative values. I mean, these are people who are now in the aftermath of Governor Ron DeSantis signing the most pro-life legislation and abortion restriction, the heartbeat bill, in Florida last week. Now some major donors are backing off because they think that's too controversial. Well, wait a minute. 
isn't the GOP supposed to be the champion of conservative values? Or have we come to a place where the overall mantra and and actual policy platform of the national GOP overall and our major donors participating in culture wars that are advancing the LGBT agenda and the whole trans ideology and everything that entails. And they're not willing to fight on the social issues of conservatism, which include, of course, pro-life issues, pro-marriage, pro-family, and traditional values. I mean, we've been told for as long as I can remember, and I'm only in my 30s, that the and so you know so longer than i've been alive we've been told by the gop as a wider party that they're the ones that are going to advance this agenda on capitol hill and we are fighting for you and donate to us because you're our warriors up here on capitol hill and i do believe that some individuals are that and they are that genuinely um we have all of those members of congress regularly on this program like um, my good friend uh representative mike johnson he is a he is a sincere christian and i know is advocating for biblical truth on capitol hill every single day so there are individuals but i'm talking about the party as a whole and i'm talking about the rnc leadership and i'm talking about now you know the influence of people like for example rick grinnell who i know personally because i i, I worked um, with him in the sense of, you know, the, the greater Trump administration. And yet influence of someone like that who is very openly homosexual and has the perspective that we need to carve out a lot of these social issues and we can't go against um, any of these things in the LGBT agenda because uh, we're not going to get votes. We need to be a wider, bigger tent uh, conservatism. Then, which isn't conservatism at all, but so a wider, you know, bigger Republican Party, then that's what they're aiming toward. And so as the GOP is telling you to fundraise and and to give to them because, you know, we're the party of traditional values and pro-family, they're quietly backing off and openly, in some instances, backing off of the culture wars because their own donors are telling them to, and and they don't care. And when you have people like um, the the current RNC chairwoman, Ronna McDaniel, who for the last several years during Pride Month, which is June, I mean, it's now like Pride everything, everywhere, all the time, but they still have a, have a special month that everything has to be even more, you know, Pride crazy than it than it normally is. She always goes out on social media and has some, you know, happy pride month, whatever, uh, tweet and statement and, you know, oh, it's all inclusive and whatever. Are these really the people that are representing our values? Well, I would suggest no. And and this is why I don't donate to the National RNC anymore. I do not uh, want to be affiliated at all with the Republican Party for this reason. I will support and champion um, individual candidates. And of course, I will exercise my vote in um, in the best way possible. And of course, every election is a closed universe situation where you only have the best of the options that you're presented with. So I will exercise my vote and I, I have no moral compunction 
or 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 any sort of um, feeling that this is against my Christian faith to vote for someone that I don't agree with a hundred percent. Otherwise, I couldn't vote for anybody. Um, and and I voted happily for President Trump in 2016 and 2020, um, and, and all the way down ticket. But what I'm not willing to do, and what I refuse to do, is get on board wholesale with a party that now to a large extent includes a lot of members um, of of the greater MAGA Trump world um, constituency and their leadership uh, like Donald Trump Jr. that's telling his own base. I mean, these are the people who, I mean, I, I've met like, and I think this describes a lot of us who are who are even participating in this conversation today. You know, I've met so many people across America at Trump rallies, at you know other campaign events, and everything that are ardently, passionately patriotic for traditional values and for genuine conservatism. And he's telling you, and them, and us, to back off attacking Bud Light. Don't participate in this because we don't want to, uh, basically because we don't want to lose them as a donor. And they have, you know, they've been so good to the Republican Party. And um, and so, you know, Matt Walsh, I think, is one of one of the few that is willing to actually call us out. And again, without um, fear or favor and Christians should be doing this. Um, he tweeted just a few minutes ago, actually. I was looking for a different tweet, but he just tweeted this. The win with this Bud Light situation is when they publicly apologize for promoting transgenderism. If you can't see why that would be such a massive cultural victory and why it's worth pushing this boycott until we achieve it, then you really aren't cut out for this moment. And I think he's very wise in saying that. Because if we as Christians say that we are engaged in changing and transforming the culture for Christ, and we understand that politics is truth in civil society, and then we back off because we have some more fidelity to the donor base of of the GOP, and we have to fund a party that isn't genuinely represent us, then, then what are we even doing? We have to stand up for truth regardless. And we have to be willing to call out even people like Donald Trump Jr. and say, no, no, you are totally wrong on that. You're not going to push the trans agenda just because Anheuser-Busch as a company is helping the overall GOP. And when we get back, I want to play actually the responses from a couple of different politicians and see the difference in how they have responded to this controversy. So we'll be right back with more here on Jenna Ellis. Hey, did you hear? MoneyWise is different. It's now Faith and Finance with Rob West. Don't worry. Rob will still help build your faith while giving biblical advice about your finances. It's just a different name. From a diversification perspective, I like uh, properly diversified stock and bond portfolio, especially given where the market is right now. Faith and Finance with Rob West. Weekdays at 9 a.m. Central on AFR or catch the podcast at AFR.net. 
it's remarkable to think about that. But when we're in the will of God through Jesus Christ, we will never face a genuine need for which God doesn't give us a genuine provision. Whether we're stranded on a desert island or we simply feel that way, the Lord will provide. Dr. David Jeremiah continues his series, The God You May Not Know, next time on Turning Point. 5.30 a.m. and 7 p.m. Central on American Family Radio. Bob Kraft, founder of Reach a Village Ministries. As soon as someone opens their eyes and sees the light of the gospel and they understand the message for the first time and they get that forgiveness and that grace and the power of the Holy Spirit coming into a family in the middle of a village like that is totally transforming. The focus of Reach a Village is to see that these villages that have been unreached up to this point have an opportunity to hear the gospel. And the gospel comes to them through local people who have been trained and equipped with materials that they need to go into the village, share the gospel, disciple people, and form a local church. When the gospel comes in, everything changes. Help impact lives for Christ by partnering with Reach a Village. Visit reachavillage.org AFR. God made his design for marriage and family absolutely clear. Unfortunately, the world listens to Satan and therefore has a totally opposite view. Your friend who is saying, I encourage my daughter to identify as my son because I want to be loving and accepting Christian, you need to say that is child abuse. The Marriage Family Life Conference 2023 wants to restore God's plan. July 6th through the 8th at the Cadence Bank Arena and Conference Center in Tupelo, Mississippi. Strengthen your marriage and your family with Dr. Kathy Cook. So they choose the quality. They keep making the same choice. The ability develops. It becomes a natural part of who they are. It becomes a part of their character. It marks them. Ryan Bomberger. We are the ones who care for people after they're born. I mean, one of my parents adopt us and throw us in a cage. Hey, go fend for yourself. No. And many more. The Youth Apologetics track is back as well. The Marriage Family Life Conference 2023, for His glory alone. Register today at marriagefamilylife.net. Welcome back to Jenna Ellis in the Morning on American Family Radio. Welcome back, and we are talking about this uh, Bud Light controversy and the boycott that has actually been super successful, and now the the uh, GOP is quietly but openly backing off attacking Bud Light because it is a Bud Light is a major donor to the GOP. So how should Christians respond to this? Uh, well, we should always respond with the truth, regardless of what our politics or our uh, you know our our school teachers, our churches, or whatever uh, may falsely be telling us and sometimes churches will be in error and you have to consider okay do how do I approach this do I want to stay at this church Um, you need to always respond with the truth and we need to always be advocates of truth without fear or favor and I was reading um, this psalm this morning psalm 143 10 teach me to do your will for you are my God your spirit is good lead me in the land of uprightness um, and, and it was so poignant for this morning because this is 
exactly what we should be doing is is leading asking God to lead us in uprightness in our culture and in our politics and we have to understand that this is ultimately about serving God and when people that um, even we like uh, I know there are a ton of Trump supporters that that listen uh, to this show and that's fine you know that's great um, but we have to be willing even to call out, and reject the advice of someone like Don Jr. when he is in the wrong and he's promoting uh, the transgender ideology in a, a very wrong, unbiblical way. And um, and so I want to play a couple of these clips, but I also want to get um, your reaction. So we're going to go ahead and open the phone lines now. If you want to call in and uh, talk about this more, um, I would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, it is 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. Um, but I want to play the uh, the clip first from from Don Jr. Um, from his podcast, and and then also what um, a couple of other politicians and reactions have been. And I just want you to listen to the contrast here and where we should be potentially focusing. All right, so let's first go to cut three. This is Don Jr. This is one like we're dunking on them now, but when you actually look into it, they'd be one of the more conservative-leaning companies in America. So they've been put on notice. I'm leaving them alone. I think you should probably do the same. I'm leaving him alone. You should probably do the same. Um, and you can hear, you know, the entire conversation on his podcast, Triggered is, is what that's called. Um, so he's saying they're, they're more conservative leaning, so we should probably leave them alone. Well, that's not my standard as a Christian. Sorry. Um, so, so Vivek Ramaswamy, who, of course, is running for president, uh, also had a response on Fox News uh, to this Bud Light controversy over the weekend. This is what he had to say. This is cut two. We're having some fun on the campaign trail. I don't think what Bud did was right. I've been severely critical of it in severe terms and in a very serious way. Transgenderism and gender dysphoria is a mental health disorder. We need to speak truth and call that out for what it is and treat it as such. We should not affirm the confusion of kids who are confused. That is not compassionate. That is cruel. And as president, I would ban these gender affirming surgeries, chemical castration, effectively genital mutilation under the age of 18. So those are serious policies. But we decided to lighten it up a little bit as well and say, you know what, instead of Bud Light, if they're going to make this mistake, we'll get Bud Right. And you know what, <laughs> there's going to be a bottom up grassroots movement anyway. We had some fun with it. And you know what, that's part of our grassroots effort here as well. Right. So, so instead of Bud Light, it's Bud Right. Um, but you, but that's, that's how you do it. You call out and say, no, this is wrong. Um, and so Governor Ron DeSantis, who a lot of us are anticipating will uh, jump into the presidential race, he hasn't announced yet, also uh, talked about woke political activism and responded to the Bud Light controversy uh, last Friday at a fundraiser uh, for the local GOP in New Hampshire. This is what he had to say. The people also side with us on wanting to see an economy where businesses focus on their core missions rather than indulging in woke political activism. And what you see happening, and look, some of it's annoying, some of it they're virtue signaling, and it is grating, and honestly, I think, you know, what's going on here? You see Bud Light and doing all this stuff. But some of this stuff, I think, is really insidious. When you look at movements like ESG, environment, social governance, what they are trying to do 
is they're trying to hijack corporate power in order to advance an ideological agenda. That nailed it. And that is absolutely true. And I have tweeted that clip and actually posted a tweet comparing and contrasting what Governor DeSantis and Don Jr. said. And, you know, for a lot of people, again, that I know are um, ardent supporters of President Trump, that's all great. But we can't support a personality or a movement or a party, you know, if you're a registered Republican, over calling out these issues and saying, uh, no, this this does not support my values and this and, and champion the things that we should be championing without, again, without fear or favor. So uh, the listener line is 888-589-8840. Let's go to the phones now. Uh, let's go to first to Jack from Florida. Good morning, Jack. Good morning. I enjoy your show. First time caller, truck driver out here on the road. Uh, I am from Texas, but I'm currently in Florida. I want to say, Jenna, that I uh, enjoy the show, and I do agree with you that we are to follow the cross. We are to follow Scripture, not follow the money. This ain't about, you know, how many uh, signs you see out in the yard voting for who, and, and uh, well, we got $20 million and they got $10 million, so we got more signs. So we're going to have more votes. That's not what it's about. This is AFR Radio. This is Scripture. I do not. I, I completely disagree with what he's saying. He's talking about money. Of course, that's what it's all about is money. That is the sin of this of this world. But I totally disagree. I agree with you, and he's wrong. I'm sorry. I do agree with Trump. I I, I did vote for him, but I, I disagree with the son. This is totally false. What he's saying. This is not Scripture. Yes. Amen to that. Well, Jack, um, you're so glad that you're a first time caller. Thanks for calling in. And I wholeheartedly agree with you. And I think you said it really well that, um, you know, we have to call this out and have it based on scripture, uh, not just based on the politician or the party that we support or tend to support. We always have to draw the line at what does the Bible say and what does God advocate for. All right. um, Devin, who is next? Uh, for Jerry, let's go to Jerry from Texas, and uh, good morning. Good morning, uh, Miss Ellis. Uh, I listen all the time, and, and I would say that as Christians, we have one standard, and when we understand that standard and we do as the Holy Spirit leads us to do, which is to have a discerning spirit and an understanding of God's Word, which I tell my sixth grade Sunday school class, the Word of God is inerrant. Inside of that are the truths, the just and the immovable Word of God. And if you understand that, then you can tell when somebody's telling you something that is false, whether it be from their opinion or from what they have dis- received. The Word of God is true in no matter thing. So having a discerning spirit should lead every Christian to understand what's true and right. I, I don't agree with everything you say. And you wouldn't agree with everything I say. That's our human nature. That's our free will. But we have to have a discerning spirit according to the word of God. And on that, I'm going to let you go. Yeah, absolutely, Jerry. And, you know, and I and I agree with you as well, because, um, you know, I'm I am a fallen, sinful human being. And there are are times where, you know, I need to have my thinking um, realigned with scripture and with and with truth. And and that's why um, the Bible even tells us to not forsake 
the assembling of ourselves together in church so that we can discern right from wrong and uh, good from evil and we can be more perfected in the things of Christ. And so we do need to be talking about these things. And this is why, you know, we shouldn't just follow one commentator or one party or one politician. We need to follow the truth of the word of God and we should be talking about this in society even more. So uh, really well said. Let's go to uh, Nancy from Tennessee. Good morning. Good morning, Jenna. Good morning. Um, I was uh, good morning. I was listening to something on. Uh, someone sent me a a link to a guy from London that was talking about this whole Bud Light can and the guy on it that it actually belittles women and. Yeah, there are hardworking women out there, and then it shows this little kid on a Bud Light can, a guy dressed like a woman on a Bud Light can, and he looked at it more of that aspect. I mean, yes, it is immoral, but the fact that it made women less than what they are, just like these transgender men playing games and stuff with in women's athletics. That's yeah. how he compared it, so that's another angle. Absolutely, Nancy. And and I totally agree. I think it's insulting to women um, and it's insulting to truth as well, because we know that men can't become women. This this guy who is a male adult can't be a little girl. He can dress up like it. But, you know, but so many people and I think, again, Matt Walsh from Daily Wire aptly describes this as woman face and you know we're all familiar with blackface which is you know somebody who's trying who paints um, their their skin color darker and that is horribly offensive to um, you know to the leftists and yet they are willing to do the same caricature of women but even worse than that they're not just making fun of us like what you know th- this sort of blackface uh, would be doing, which was making fun of people of color and and African Americans. What they're doing is actually suggesting it, it would be the same thing as suggesting that if if I as as a Caucasian woman painted my face uh, darker, then I actually become a black woman. I mean that that's absurd. And so why is it more somehow acceptable to the left to have this man? dress up and put on makeup and call himself a woman. He can't do that. And, and why is that okay to the left and it's being applauded? And there are even, you know, court cases going through the system right now to say that, oh, these people deserve protections. I was reading a, a piece this morning about how a sorority is suing over a male that calls himself a, a woman and wants to participate and live with other girls in their sorority house. I mean, this is insane. But yet, here, here is where we are, and this is why we have to, have to, have to stand up for truth. All right, we're almost out of time, so I want to get to a couple more callers. Um, let's go to Judy from Oregon, all the way across the oh. country. Good morning. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jenna. And I, I get up at 5 o'clock every morning listening to you like I used to listen to Sandy, and you're wonderful. Oh, uh, you. you know, I have something on my, my, uh, my plaques here on the wall I love. It says, silence in the face of evil is evil itself. God will not hold us guiltless. So not to speak is speaking and not to act is acting by, by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And, yes. you know, you're absolutely, I believe, 100% what you say. I have never given to the National Republican Party. It's always to individual Republicans. And we're having some issues in 
in my own little com- uh, community, Josephine County Republican Group, where the clique is trying to tell us how to vote for candidates at this little local college. And uh, it's disgusting. And I love your biblical. I went to the Bible in this morning on 143 to see that one fa- phrase, and I'm going to put it on email. Oh, great. Well, good. I'm so glad that that was encouraging to you. And I love that quotation from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And and it is true. I mean, we have to be uh, speakers and doers of the word. And we can't back down just because culture is against us. And even when you know the, the party that is supposed to represent our values is going against us, we have to stand up firmly and say no. And I truly believe, especially heading into 2024, you know, yes, the, the ultimate enemy are the people who want to tear down our country, but we have to be looking at who we want to represent our perspective in the primary, And it's an open primary. So I'm excited that we can actually have these conversations and have whoever the nominee is, whether that's Trump, whether that's Ron DeSantis, whether that's Vivek, whether it's someone else, to have uh, commitments to these things because they, they should have to earn our vote, not just say that they're entitled to it and can then just, you know, go do whatever they want. And then we take the, you know, dictation from on high that, oh, you know, they're a conservative enough company. So go ahead and don't participate in this boycott. No, absolutely not. All right. Uh, one, I think we have time for one more. Let's go to Michael from Alabama. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Jenna. How are you? I'm great. Always good morning to speak the truth of the word of God. Yes, ma'am. Uh, in reference to the Bud Light boycott, you know, I am so thankful for conservative talk radio. I don't know where this nation would be without it. But one problem that I have with it, and and that is most conservative talk shows uh, are against boycotts, protests, whatnot. And I believe that's because they're afraid they may offend a a future customer while the left is constantly boycott protesting. I think that's why they've been able to constantly advance their agenda and why conservatives are on their heels because they haven't went out there and fought back same what the left is doing. Yeah, that's a great point, Michael. And that's why I believe, and I know that AFR stands up always for the truth. And, you know, it doesn't matter um, whether we, you know, offend anyone. If we, if we are speaking truth, that is going to be offensive to a culture that wants to participate in sin. We need to stand up for truth anyway. And I'm very grateful that we have AFR uh, to do all of those things because I couldn't say this on a lot of other networks. Uh, So, you know, I'm really thankful for that as well. And we are out of time. Thank you so much for everyone who uh, has called in. We will hopefully get to more calls later this week. I'll see you tomorrow morning on Jenna Ellis in the morning. Make it a great day for truth. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.